All right, getting out another episode here at Elevated DIY with Brian Barney. So, oh, I'm just getting back here. I just did a trip um, with my daughter that I had talked about. Well, we went on an adventure hunt out east. Man, what a cool trip. What? How cool to share that with your kids, you know, a 12-year-old girl out there with a mule deer tag and two-day youth season and then a couple days, you know, the general rifle opened after that and and uh, boy, we had a great trip out there. We were able to get on just a bunch of deer out there and show her a bunch of encounters. And and uh, God, those kids, um, when they're taught the right way, they just they they learn those skills so quick. So we we got out there, drove out there Wednesday night after work, slept in the back of the truck there underneath the stars, which was really cool. And and uh, then woke up Thursday morning and got to hunting and. And uh, we got on a really nice buck there Thursday morning. He was next to the road, but we spotted him a ways off. And so we were able to kind of park the truck and sneak up this coolie kind of at him and just start closing in to a couple hundred yards and and, uh, had another guy drive up the road right as we're getting into range. And and that kid bailed out and ended up shooting the nice four-point. There was four bucks there, but... Ah, it's just public land and he wasn't shooting over us and he didn't see us in the coulee he really wasn't doing any wrong anything wrong and and uh so that young man ended up getting a nice four point and they were super excited i didn't you know no need to rain on their parade and it's just public land and you know that buck was close to the road which we knew when we spotted him you know i just didn't think there'd be much pressure during that u season but uh the those times when you when you don't want any pressure that's the time you get it you know and so uh, we so we missed out on that buck and gosh we must have seen 20 bucks that morning on public land it was pretty cool got her really close on another buck and gosh dad just lost patience you know I, we get into these four bucks I think it was another group of four two younger ones and two older ones there was a couple of three and four points she wanted to step up from last year and last year she killed a two point and so um, we were looking for a three or a four and so uh, we we're cruising up and spotted these bucks way up in this drainage or not way up, but up in this drainage anyways. And so we made a play at them and got in close and man, just ducked in and got to about, oh, maybe 125, 150 yards. Couldn't get any closer. So we got her a lay down rest, just perfectly steady. And, and, uh, those bucks, they were laying down or they, they bedded down as we were sneaking on them. And so, you know what we should have done is like I would do bow hunting is you just wait for him to get up naturally but you know it's kind of like mid-morning and you're kind of thinking well maybe I can just get him up here and get a get a shot you know and see if we can get this buck down you know so we weren't sitting there waiting all day it's always it's usually the wrong choice you know we did get I kind of just whistled when she was laying down and the two smaller bucks of course got up and then one of the shooters got up and you know it's just these these young kids, they just, um, you know, they're getting the skills and they're learning, but you forget, you know, they're not quick on the trigger and they're, you know, they're, you don't want to try to force a shot. You want a perfect scenario. You want a nice broadside deer and you don't, you know, you definitely don't want to hit one bad or, or even miss one for that, that matter. You know, you teach them how to shoot and what it feels like to, to hold steady on the target and squeeze on the trigger. And that's the execution you want. And she just listened to a T and, and we had one shot where that buck was broadside and kind of Sage was covering the lower half, but you could see the upper half of his body. And I think we could have punched one right in there. But like I say, we didn't want to force it. And uh, so uh, that that buck got up. He turned around a couple times. He ended up bedding back down, and the other two smaller bucks stood there standing. And so we just waited and waited. And then I, I tried to kind of whistle again. And I'm not a very good whistler either. It's pretty quiet, just a... 
you know, just uh, barely enough so they can hear. And, and uh, when I whistled again, those smaller bucks, they started bounding off. And then those two bigger bucks, they got up and bounded off. And so we didn't get an opportunity at them. But just so much fun, you know, just being able to roam around those hills with her, you know, and have her have a, a rifle in hand and excited to be out there. And so, God, we kept hunting that day. We... Um, we saw some other bucks. I'm trying to think if we got close. We got close in the evening again on a, on a decent whitetail, um, lay down rest and, you know, dang near had him dead to rights. And just as we're about ready to shoot, he took off, but, uh, uh, we got close and it, it was way fun and, and saw some other bucks to boot. And then the next day we went and we got on some deer and, uh, got on a couple more bucks in the same draw where we got on those four and, uh, gosh, we just had them dead to rights. They were about hundred yards or so and came over. But the problem was, is I couldn't get her a lay down rest or a sit down rest, just the way the hill laid out in the sagebrush. So, you know, I set up the, the bipod or the, the tripod I have, you know, uh, I think it's like a monopod or something like that or not a monopod, a monopod would be one. It, it is a tripod, it has three legs, but you kind of um, shoot off it, it's got a notch for your gun on there. And and uh, so I set up standing and she threw her gun over there and that buck was broadside, the one we wanted, like a nice three by four or something like that. But she just looked at me, she was, she was shaking and she just said, I'm not steady enough, I'm not gonna hit that thing good. And I said, well, just put it on it, you know, put it on it and squeeze on the trigger and she'd get back on the gun and look at it, but it just, it just wasn't right and she didn't feel right about the shot and so she never, she never took the shot, which is, God, that is, that is uh, so much better of a hunter than I was at a young age and not that I wasn't taught right or not, but just so much self-control. She's excited and adrenaline's flowing and, but she's not going to take a bad shot. She's not going to take a shot that she's unsure of. And man, oh man, I mean, I could, um, you know, not, you know, through the years I've learned those lessons, you know, to, you know, just like with the bow, if, if the shot isn't right, you're way better to let down and let that buck go than you are to try to force a shot and force a miss. And, but it's taken me years to learn that. And if I was her age in that position, I probably would have had a box of shells shot that thing, you know, and missed him every time. And it wouldn't have been good for me, but, um, she's just so much self-control, which is just uh, amazing to watch and see, you know, under, under that crunch time or that, that red zone, you know, she's able, able to keep her cool and, and know that it wasn't good, a good shot. And those bucks kind of spooked off and then, you know, they, they bounded off and then they started walking and then we were able to get a lay down rest and she was able to get her elbows down, get on the pack, get on that buck. And that buck was then about 200 yards, which is about her max distance, but we've practiced out there and she can definitely shoot out there. And, and, uh, so it's just about 200 yards and she's just starting to execute her shot and that buck bounds off. And so we don't get a shot at it, but, but we were close. And like I told her, we kind of took chase after him and I told her, I said, you did everything right. You didn't feel confident in that shot. You know, I'm, I'm super proud of you. You know, you, you didn't, you didn't try to force it or force a bad shot. You know, that's what hunting and self-control is all about. And I mean, I, even where I'm at my hunting career, I can learn from that self-control, you know, it's just amazing if the shot isn't right or, you know, you, you know, you can't make the shot, you let down or you don't take it. And, and like I say, it's taken me years to learn that. And I finally am turning the corner, but to have her know that it, or to be able to instill that in her at 12 years old is amazing. So, um, close on that buck, roll back, get back to the, vehicle and we're just kind of glassing around and we've got some ideas of spots we're going to hike to and and like I say I I kind of 
I try not to push her too hard, but, you know, I want to push her hard. I want her to work for it. I want to go do hikes every day, and, you know, we're probably not doing any more than maybe six miles a day or something like that. So we'll walk like a mile out to a position and then and then watch or look or get a vantage point and glass around. So we roll out to this spot, and we spot, uh, gosh, what was there? I think there was three bucks in the group. And then two that we'd shoot, and then a bunch of does, and we kind of watched them, and then they disappeared down below this hump, and we had to kind of go grab this this other vantage point. And so we hiked to this other vantage point, got out there, and started glassing around. Pretty soon, I can see a deer and see where it's bedded, and and uh, get out the scope, and I can see both bucks bedded there. And so I said, "Oh, there they are, Taylor. Take a look at them, you know." And and uh, Taylor takes a look and and uh, decides it's a, a buck she wants to go for, and so she's pretty thrilled about it, and so. We uh, take off after him over there, and gosh, we just had a perfect win. It was a perfect scenario, and and able to get in there, and we got um, fairly close, but we couldn't make it over this last ditch line, and there was a couple does at about a hundred yards, so we actually had to set up, and the the we set up at about two hundred and twenty yards from both bucks bedded there, and now now I had learned my lesson to where we're not going to force anything. We're going to let that buck stand, and you're going to shoot it. And so the the whole time I didn't have her dry fire any, but you know I we set her up uh, over the pack and got her elbows on the ground and good lay down rest, and she could see the bucks through her scope, and we could see another doe and another two point. And I had her hold on the two point, and say how steady are you? Can you hold it on there? You think you can squeeze a good shot? And and she said, yeah, and she was super confident she could make the shot. I said, can you, you know, can you make it? And she said, yeah. And so we lay there and lay there, and it wasn't about 15 minutes, and the bigger of the two bucks stood up to, to reposition in his bed, and he stood up, turned around. She was going to shoot, but his head was kind of tucked around and kind of a little bit quartering away angle or a weird angle with his head all the way around. So I said, you know, just wait on him, you know, and, and then he turned around and he started pawing on his bed and pretty soon, crack, you know, as she shoots and one shot, perfect shot, hit that thing and um, I could tell his shoulder was busted and rolled up over the hill, rolled about 20 yards or so and and, uh, and uh, jacked another one in, and I said, well, put another one in him, and just about the time she starts squeezing down on him, he falls over and rolls down the hill. Just a, a perfect shot. I mean, you couldn't have walked up and put that bullet in any better. So um, she shot uh, uh, two bullets out of that gun, one last year, one this year, at deer anyways. You know, we practiced more than that, and, and two kills, just amazing. So proud of her, but it's so cool to be out there and, like I say, sleep underneath the stars and have this adventure out there, you know, with Dad and be able to create around country so um that was pretty neat and probably you know the highlight of my season this year it was just really cool to see her be successful out there so um got done with that got home gosh i just been hitting it hard again i just uh i i started my daily trail runs again i mean the only time i take off a training is during hunting season but you know my big hunts are starting to wind down and and uh, you know now I'm down to weekends and 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 back at at work pretty much full time you know cranking that out so you know it's just just time time for me to get back on the trails and get working hard and and you know public land success just doesn't come easy and even though you know I'm happy with this season and happy with the results I mean there you always want more and like I say it's just it's a different game with with us guys that are out there hunting public land and and not that I'm against hunting private land or against being guided or anything like that but 
you know, it's just not the same as being out there on the land with everybody else. You just have to work harder out there. You have to hike more miles. You have to be smarter. You have to deal with pressure. You have you have all these obstacles to overcome. And, and as you guys know, I mean, there's a bunch of really good hunters out there and a bunch of guys that are hungry for success working hard. And, and you got to figure out, you know, how you can work harder or work smarter or, you know, figure out the folds of the country and find these game animals. And so, you know, us guys on public land just have to work that much harder and have to have that much more skill to be successful and then you start up in the ante you know into the upper echelon of animals that that we want to harvest you know and not that it's all about big critters you know you got to work your way up but you know there's just something about a giant buck or a giant bull that gets me so excited and it's it's like the the next level it's 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 um and not that it's a greater accomplishment but the older deer the more mature deer more mature elk it is a greater accomplishment they've lived that many more years on on during public land hunting seasons through bow and rifle season and everything else and so you know ultimately as you start progressing as a hunter you know your your goals start getting getting higher and and not that it you know you can you can hunt for the first decent buck you see and and there's nothing wrong with that but but to set a, a higher goal for a certain age class of deer or a certain size of deer um you you spend more time in the woods trying to hunt that deer you know because you're not you're going to get less opportunity you've got to you got to be more skilled and you got to get your stocks right and get your shot right and you can't you can't mess up as much you know and so man i mean i i'm just so driven you know for for next season i still got a couple hunts i got a couple mule deer hunts um that are coming up and i'm super excited about them and i'm gonna work really hard uh you know towards towards being successful at them and it's it's one part of my game that i really want to improve you know and i've been good at harvesting late season mule deer but i'd like to up my game on late season mule deer i'd like to find some of those next level bucks and even though i'm hunting with my bow during rifle season you know they're out there in these folds of country and so you know, I've, I've got the skill set, I've got the knowledge, I, I know how to scout these different areas and figure them out. Um, I just need to up my game in the late season mule deer. And I'll get a little bit more into that as I as I plan for these hunts. I want to talk about that a little bit and setting up and, and uh, doing these bonsai weekend warrior trips, I call them, where you just absolutely go for it because that's about what I'm down to now. There's no more weeks off work or anything like that, but I'm still driven to be successful. But um, back to my trail runs and then and, and there's no right or wrong way to be training you know I've just found these trail runs just teach my legs so much endurance teach my wind uh, or get get my wind better and and I run a lot of hills you know and it just it just gets me ready for the mountains and and I think you know being healthy and and uh, being ready for these hunts it is a it, it's a balance between strength flexibility and endurance and I work really hard at the endurance part and and then I've I've stepped up my game too in the flexibility and and not that I've got my yoga pants on and I you know I get a green drink or anything like that but I do what I call man stretches and and this has been so huge for me is just um my flexibility, you know, working construction really hard and, and, and lifting weights, you know, throughout my life, you know, I've, 
I developed where, you know, I, um, my back will go out or my neck will go out in different times when I, when I push it really hard or I found over the years, you know, and so I started working on my flexibility. It's just been huge for me. I don't, I don't think I pulled out my back in a couple of years now. And then also, you know, if I do pull it out, uh, it, it seems to like on a scale of one to 10 on pain, it seems to go out like on a one or a two, worst case of three, not a seven or an eight where I'm laid up on the couch. So it's just been huge for me. And, and, uh, all I'm doing, I just kind of come up with a routine, uh, feeling how these stretches affect me. Of course, my wife does yoga, so she's always given me different stretches to work out. But I just try to limber up my, my back and my neck and try to gain flexibility in it. And, and it, it's just been huge for me. And I, I try to do it every day, but I'd say I'm more like five, six days a week. And so that's been huge for me. And then, you know, I will weight train in the wintertime a little bit, but... I'm not, I'm not a big weight guy. You know, I, I get a lot of physical exercise from my job and, and, uh, you know, I, I also do, you know, and I'll do, um, exercises, pushups, pull-ups, um, a lot of core strength and things like that. But I, most of my workouts are trail running. I feel like if I didn't get my run, I didn't get my workout. And, and it's just what I like to focus on and everybody's different. I mean, you can hike with weight, you can, you know, there's a bunch of different things, but I just find that trail running, I mean, I've got my resting heart rate down below 40. You know, I, I just feel super healthy. My immune system is super healthy. Uh, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm a step above as far as health. I, my body does better with oxygen. Um, you know, when you're hunting 13,000 feet, which, which I hope to hunt next year in Colorado, um, with 13,000 feet, you're getting 60% of the oxygen that you're getting at sea level. It just puts such a strain on you. But this, through this trail running and high elevation running and hill running, it just gets my, my lung capacity better, um, better in tune for these high elevation hunts. And I, you know, and then it just teaches, it teaches me endurance, not only, you know, physical endurance, but also mental endurance to keep pushing. So man, I'm back on the trails, hitting it hard and gosh, it feels really good. I mean, I, I hunt really hard and I, I like taking this break, you know, while I'm hunting deer and elk really hard and things, but to get back to it, man, oh man, it feels great. It feels great on my body. And then, um, feels great on my mind too. I'm thinking really clearly and, and thinking of, uh, you know, whether it's hunting or work or family or whatever it is, but just thinking really clearly ideas are coming to me better, but I just feel so much better when I'm, when I'm working out and getting these hard workouts. So, um, back on the trails, working hard, I mean, I just want to work harder than ever. I want to, I, I feel like I'm capable to shoot these next level animals. And I think, um, you know, I just want to set my goals for next season and, and work hard. And like I say, I had a great season so far and I've got a couple tags left, but man, oh man, I mean, I want to push for some of those, you know, the personal best. There's nothing that feels better than shooting your personal best deer. And now, you know, I've got quite a few bucks that are over 200 and one buck that's over 210. And it's not like I'm going to be upset if I shoot a 200 inch buck, but I, I want to aim for that. I want to strive for that. I want to be able you know, to pass up those bigger bucks, um, you know, that are just underneath that level and, and shoot for those huge mind blowing trophies that I know I'm capable of. And I know that are out there on public land. And I know, you know, I've got the spots and the knowledge and, and my shooting's dialed and, 
So, I mean, for me, it's just putting in the work. It's it's getting in, you know, as good a shape as I can get in, better shape than I've ever been in, keeping my body healthy, you know. Um, I'm always eating right and eating clean, but, you know, you can always get better and you can always improve. And that's the same thing with hunting and bow hunting, you know. My, my shooting's dialed right now, but like I said, I missed a couple elk this year. I'd, I'd like to improve on that game, you know. And and I, I think my improvements there you know, or just thinking more clearly in the crunch, you know, when that elk takes a few steps when I'm at full draw, I mean, I'm shooting a heavy arrow, a 450 grain arrow at a 27 inch draw length. And my speed on my arrow, I mean, I'm, I I haven't chronoed it in a while. I just set the sight tape and went, but I mean, I'm probably not shooting any quicker than 270 or so, you know, it's just a heavy arrow and it, it hits those elk hard and penetrates like I want. And I really don't want to change my setup. I feel like when I shoot those lighter arrows, even when I step down to 420 grains, it, I'm not getting the, the penetration with with my speed. I feel like I get better penetration out of that 450 grain arrow. And I, you know, I, I'm not a speed bow guy. I'm more into forgiving bow guy where I just want that arrow to hit where I'm aiming. And I put, you know, I, I, I put more emphasis on that than I do hitting them fast. You know, I just, I want accuracy. And so, you know, I can improve in, in those little those couple things, just thinking more clearly in the crunch, you know, I don't think it's a setup issue. I just have to know the exact range within about a yard or so, and especially on those longer shots, or or I'm gonna miss. And so I just gotta, I just gotta think clearly in those those crunch times or whatever. And and hopefully next season I can I can go a season with without a miss, you know. And and it like I say, it's been a good season, and I'm 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 shooting really good, and I feel really good about my skills. It's just uh, it's bow hunting. You can always get better. It's one of the things I love at it love about it you know you can you can always improve and you can always get better in every facet of your game and and it's just about setting your mind to it and and working towards it setting your goals and and I think about them non-stop and and like I say I want a personal best buck and I I want a personal best bowl and you know and a lot of success of my success is going to tie to me having the time as well it's setting my life up so I can I can take more time and I did that Alaska trip this year which I don't regret I absolutely love going there and and chasing moose but it also took time away or uh, it didn't give me as much time or I felt more pressured during my high country deer hunts and my elk hunts and so I think next year I just want to put my emphasis on on hunting these public land spots, putting in for good tags, doing the research, and trying to kill some of these next level, you know, mind blowing critters that I know are out there and I know I'm capable of. And so uh, I just want to step up my game as well, keep working hard and and keep putting in the work and and killing these public land trophies, which means everything to me. Um, so. So yeah, back on the trails, back on my workouts, doing that, and then uh, yeah, just kind of getting ready for this mule deer hunt, which like I was talking about, it's it's a part of my game that I really want to step up is my late season game, and I I've killed a lot of decent bucks, but I I want some of those next next level bucks, and I think I've just got to work that much harder, and so. I'm down to pretty much weekends for long weekends now. Um, I'm going to take a little time for this New Mexico hunt that happens in January for mule deer. So I'm excited about that. And last time down in New Mexico, 
and killed a really nice buck down there. Really big back forks and uh, really nice and heavy and, and nice and wide. And so um, I'm hunting the unit next to it, but I'd love to repeat. And so I gotta, you know, I've done some map study and some research, but I, I gotta get on this computer here and really dissect that unit and, and start circling areas and roads and where I'm gonna start and vantage points and, and canyons. A lot of these deer move up and down those canyons. And so, you know, I've got to start uh, looking into that and doing my research and make sure I'm prepared for that hunt. But right now, my sights are set on this Montana uh, Montana mule deer hunt, and, and it's during general rifle season, like I've told you guys before, with my bow. Um, but, you know, that shouldn't be an excuse for me. The The bucks are around here, and, and I can say, well, it makes it more difficult, and maybe that's why I don't kill as big a bucks, but they're out there and in that country, and I'm willing to work harder than than a lot of guys out there and so god i've just set my mind to it i'm i've got a really good game plan i think and i'm i'm gonna head um i might do a mountain hunt for one of these weekends but this this first weekend i'm going i'm gonna go the weekend of the sixth so not this coming weekend this coming weekend i'm gonna hunt with my wife for antelope uh, with a rifle and then my nephew he's 10 and uh, he's in the Montana mentorship program for, for hunting. And so I'm going to go out with his dad and him. And we're going to see if we can't get him a deer. Um, and then also just let those muleys just get rutting just a touch more and a touch hotter. Um, and then I'm going to go out the weekend of the 6th. And I'm not sure if I can squeeze a Friday in with that or if it's just going to be a Saturday-Sunday deal. Um, but I'm going to do a bonsai weekend trip where I'm just absolutely going to go for it. Um, so I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out east to where I know there's some really good populations of deer, but I'm, I'm just going to get farther off the road and farther off the access than I've ever been. And I, I usually, like I say, I'll, I'll do a mobile truck camp where I'll day hunt and come back to my truck and you can get a long ways back on a, on a day hunt with no weight for sure. Um, yeah, six, seven, eight miles back, no problem. But gosh, I, I almost, I just want to park my truck. I've got this area I've been looking at and it's like an island of, of BLM land. And I've seen bucks on the far side of it from a different access. And I've seen bucks in that different access on the far side. You can't actually get into this land. You can just kind of see the fringes of it. And then, you know, there is some spots that you can hunt that don't touch this. Um, and I know there's some great populations of deer in there. And I've seen some some really nice bucks in there. And then from the other side, uh, we've harvested bucks um, you know, me and my family, um, I had a, just an awesome spot in there for years that I hunted for uh, nice mature bucks. Um, you know, we killed, gosh, some really nice, tall, heavy, older deer in there. Um, and, and now it's kind of been hunted, uh, more guys are hunting it and there isn't the quality in there and there isn't the numbers in there, uh, as much. I mean, there's still numbers of deer. I guess there's just not the quality of bucks anymore. And, and, uh, so I found this spot that I can access and it's you got to bounce way down this dirt road and then park at the end of the deal and then I'm just going to put my backpack on and and have I'm going to go super lightweight like a scouting mission I'll have my scope and my tripod and then uh, probably take I'll either take my bivy tent I might even just do a bivy sack and just sleep in the dirt I mean I'm just going to go as light as I can I'm going to leave my stove I'm going to just do dry foods um see as far as clothes i mean i'll just have one layer of everything i'll you know i'll have my 
um, my hoodie and then I'll run like a, a puffball jacket and then um, I'll run my rain jacket or you know my my Gore-Tex shell that'll stop any wind and any rain and then you know as far as pants just one pair of pants maybe one la- long johns a uh, couple changes of socks just go as light as I possibly can back in there so I'm hoping for around like 30 pounds where I can just hunt with my pack on my back and go for it and I'm gonna get in there deep I'm gonna go as deep as I can get in there I, I'm gonna go it's kind of like these big sagebrush straws so it's fairly open and high populations of deer and I think these mature bucks are living in this spot I just think it's too far for the average guy to hike in to hunt to hunt on a day hunt and you can't get in there's no roads in there you can't get any four-wheelers in there or anything like that so I'm just gonna load up my pack and I'm gonna get in there deep and and see if I can't find some of these big bucks cruising in there and rutting so who knows how far I'll end up back there um, but but get back in there deep and then just live back in there with them and just go for it and so you know I'll probably you know maybe I can squeeze a Friday but if not I'll be driving Friday night after work because it's gonna take me six hours to get down there or so and then um, and then I've got to bounce down that dirt road too so I'm probably seven hours from my house to get to the spot where I'm actually going to start hiking and uh so so then I'll seven hours after work I mean that's going to put me at gosh, midnight or so by the time I get down there so I think I think at midnight what I'll do is then I'll just sleep right there at my truck like probably in the back of my truck and do that deal and then try to wake up just like an hour before light or um, probably just an hour before light just to put a few miles behind me, a couple miles behind me in the dark and then just start hunting back there and just hunt with my pack on. A lot of glassing and and uh, try to find the vantage points and I've been looking at a map quite a bit there you know I'm really focused on the canyons in and through there as I think these bucks will be moving through these canyons and they love to bed in these canyons they love to move through them they love to try to find does in them so you know I'm really going to set up on the edges of these canyons and so every time I come to the edge uh, of one of these big drainages I'm going to start glassing and start picking it apart and then, you know, I'll probably, it's fairly open country. I think I'll just keep covering country throughout the daytime as well. I'll just, you know, in the morning, I'll sit on a vantage point for, for a little bit. Um, you know, maybe, who knows, it depends on what the canyon looks like, how many deer I'm seeing in there. I mean, there's so many variables to how long I'll sit on a vantage point. But as the day starts going on or it gets later and later, I'll spend even more time on those vantage points, picking them apart. And then I'll, I'll cross the drainage, get on the far side, and then I'll glass back, you know, and, and try to look at these things. And, and who knows, I may even move down the canyon a little bit or hunt down the canyon before I cross it, looking, looking across, glassing across trying to find these deer just trying to get stocks and you know I don't need a huge record-breaking buck or anything I mean that would be nice for sure that's what we all want um extras stickers kickers you know all that stuff but um I'm just looking for a heavy older deer that I'll be happy with and and uh like I say I've killed some decent late season bucks but um I sure would like to find a personal best or close to it at, at least an older heavier deer love to see some extras or something like that I, you know those uh uh you have to be an optimist when you're when
when you're hunting, you're always thinking that that this is going to be the spot, this is going to be the day, this is going to be the weekend. I mean, that's really what drives me constantly. And it doesn't matter, you know, I do that when I'm fishing or when I'm hunting or whatever it is. Every day I go out, I think is going to be the day. I think it's going to be the day that I that I run into the party. And and some days it is. And I I really think this spot is going to be good. I I've researched around it. I've hunted around it. I'm getting in deeper than I've ever been in there, deeper than other guys will go. I know the populations are good around there, and I know there's some some decent bucks around there. Um, so I, you know, I really think it's going to pan out. I really think I'm going to get some stocks on these on these bigger next level deer, and 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 then just try to try to move in and make a good game plan. I mean, it's nice. The winds are nice out there. Um, you know, it's no, I don't get as many of the mountain winds out there as it's kind of broken broken open country and and coolies. So should be able to win to read the winds pretty good, and and then just try to make good quality stocks. Um, you know, on these bucks. And, uh, you know, I'd love to stock them in their beds, of course. Um, but we'll just, we'll, we'll play each scenario, you know, by ear and, and, and see where I spot them and, and, and how I spot them and, and what the, the best way to move in is. Um, gosh, I think I, you know, my, my biggest challenge I think is just time at this point. I mean, I, I wish I had a, a week to hunt out there, 10 days to hunt out there, but but doing these weekends when it's all you got, you just got to give it your all. And so I'm, I'm just going to push hard and then I'll, I'll hunt all day Saturday, use my mornings and evenings, use the middle of the day to try to glass for bedded deer and just get, I'm going to get as deep in there as I can get back into this island of public land that you got to access from this one point and, and just see what I can find in there. And then you know Sunday morning of course and then um probably hunt my way back throughout Sunday you know and I I don't plan on on coming back or driving back till after dark I mean I just got to use every opportunity I can every morning and evening I can to spot these things moving so you know maybe taking notes maybe I get some stocks going over there which will um kind of slow my slow how far I get back in there and then uh you know take notes of where I see things and how I see things get some stocks get deep in there you know hopefully I kill a buck if not then I think Sunday I'll kind of hunt my way back out and I've got to come out the same way I came in and and it's kind of like uh I've got a mile by mile or like a mile by six miles that's you know a skinny piece that I've got to access in and access out and then once I get in there, it kind of opens up to just a bunch of public land that you can't get to any other way, uh, unless you helicopter in. <laughs> but um, so, man, I I'm just thrilled. I, like I say, I hope I can I can step up my game in here, find find a really good older mature buck and and drop the hammer. And I think I'm looking into different places to hunt these late season deer. Um, you know, I'm I'm, th- I'm psyched about this Montana hunt. I think I'm gonna do good. I'm gonna hunt hard. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill a buck here, or give it all I have. But you know, I'm also starting to think about next season and how I'm gonna do that. And I I think there's some some really good spots out there that I'd like to start hunting. And and of course, you know, our you know when you're a bow hunter, you get a bigger advantage if you're hunting bow hunting seasons than you do if you're hunting a rifle season, especially a general rifle season. I mean. There's, I, I don't even know how many residents and non-residents, this is a spot where everybody can go with a rifle, you know, put on your orange and go hunt. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the genetics, you know, are not going to be the biggest in Montana and it's kind of, 
Montana's a great state to hunt deer and a great population, but a lot of our genetics get shot out and a lot of the deer never reach that older age class just because, you know, we are able to hunt the rut with a rifle and, and, you know, it's, it's great to be able to have that opportunity. I mean, I love being able to hunt the rut with my bow and, and, uh, with my family, I love them to be able to hunt with a rifle. And so it's a, it's a neat opportunity, but because of that, that's also the Achilles heel of mule deer and mule deer management as well to where these, these bucks get shot out of there cause they, they get ruddy, you know? And, and, uh, so I'd kind of like to find, I'd like to find a different money late season spot where I can kind of go hunt these, these rutting bucks and have it be bow only and maybe have an opportunity or a better opportunity to find bigger deer, which, you know, not, I, I've got great opportunity out here. Don't get me wrong, but you know, you're just always searching and always looking for the next spot. At least I am. It's, it's kind of what it, it is what drives me. You know, I, I love, I love going to pass spots and going to spots I know, but I love to explore and I love to go to different states and I love these a- adventure hunts and, and mule deer. Uh, I just, I love hunting mule deer and, and you know, I've, I've got a, I, I've done really well early season and done well late season too, but I just want to pick up some more late season spots. So, um, this will be fun going back to New Mexico this year. I mean, if you guys have heard of Rio Rebo County, Rio Rebo County, in that county alone, there's been more Boone and Crockett bucks than than other states, than the whole state of Colorado. So this one county has produced more Boone and Crockett bucks than the whole state of Colorado. So talk about a good spot for big ones. And and uh, I, you know, I've got the unit right next to Rio Rebo County. Uh, the first time I was over there, I drew Rio Rebo County, but you know, it's got to be that same genetics, same migrating patterns, you know, uh, coming out of Colorado there. So, so I'm jacked to go down there and hunt again and, and test my skills and see if I can't get on a, a big winter range. But yeah, as far as this late season and, and trying to pick new spots, I think I'll, I'll start to look, you know, there's some good Nevada hunts that are late that, um, you know, I may try to draw for that I think would be really fun to hunt. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about Idaho. There's um, some spots in Idaho that I'm looking that have some rut hunts with the bow. Uh, thinking about doing some of those, um, and, and then also like a, a Utah just has some giants there. Um, you know, the they don't have many areas that are open during this rut, or you know, maybe I need to look into it again. But um, I always like that front hunt. The um, Wasatch Front, you know, in and through there, and there is some pressure there. You got to hunt it during the week, but I mean, there are some giant bucks in there. Um, you know, and the cool thing about that tag is you get the early season tag. You get to hunt the early season for Utah. And in fact, if I think about this right, and it's it's been a little bit since I've hunted Utah, um, but I believe you can hunt like a different unit for the early season, and then you can come hunt the Wasatch Front is open with your tag during the rut for bow only. And, and uh there's a there's a bunch of guys in Utah that are hardcore muley hunters, but man, is there some big bucks that come out of there? And so, just a little bit more research there to see where a guy can hunt that late season, or or maybe like you say, doubling down for your money. You know, you get to put in for a tag, hunt the early season. They've got early hunt dates for mule deer, so they've got um, uh, August fifteenth is their mule deer opener. So you get to go hunt muleys in the high country when you should be hunting them that late August, which is a great season. And then you can come back and hunt the rut on the on the Wasatch Front. Um, so so that's a that's an option too. Um, gosh, let's think. Um, I don't think Wyoming offers too many rut hunts. You know, they're more of an early high country hunt up and through there. 
you know, I'm just trying to think of every option. I'm kind of thinking out loud. Well, uh, Arizona's got some good hunting down there. They've, um, and their rut comes later. I guess the, the farther south you are, the, um, the later the rut comes. And, and, you know, I kind of think January for New Mexico, um, I was told there by the biologists that they'd still be rutting. And there was still some bucks that were hanging with the does. But for the most part, they seem more like um, going into winter range. And I guess year to year, it kind of changes depending on the weather and the year and the season and the whole deal. But um, Arizona has got some good spots. And I, I've fallen in love with Arizona coos deer during January. Um, and I, and I'm going to do a podcast about it. I, I'm going to have one of my buddies on that's made three years. I think we've gone down together and hunted coos deer and that is just a blast. I am so hooked on it. So it'd be tough for me to go to Arizona and not hunt coos just cause I'm so hooked on the, on the Southern half of that state. And, and I mean, gosh, it's, it's negative degrees up here in Montana and you go down there and it's 60, 70 degrees sunshine every day. And, and those coos are just spread all, all throughout that desert terrain. And I've kind of learned, you know, which drainages they like and canyons they like. And now I've got this, I've got a couple units down there that I really like now. And, and coos deer are like the ultimate uh, glassing. They just, they're called the gray ghost for a reason. I mean, you sit behind your binos and you just pick apart country, you know, and, and you might catch a flash and they disappear, but the coos deer during January are full on rut. Um, so maybe, maybe the mule deer farther South would be rutting, you know, in that New Mexico unit, I was hunting farther North. But anyways, what I was saying is, is they, they do have some late season mule deer hunts there in Arizona and they've got some pretty good units down there that you can hunt. Um, you know, uh, of course you're, you're not hunting, uh, what are those, the, the two best units down there? Um, not the Ponsagon, it sits right across from that Ponsagon's in Utah, um, but, oh, the strip, the Arizona strip, um, uh, what is it, 12, 13A, 13B, 12A, you know, whatever those great tags are, you can't hunt those during late season, um, I think it's 13B, but, uh, but you can hunt bordering units, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember, I've done a lot of research down there, I was looking at hunting mule deer down there, um, they do have some really nice desert mule deer down there. So, you know, I think that that could be an option for a guy as well. Oh, I've also heard uh, some really good hunting in the Dakotas out there. I had a buddy that invited me out there, had me put in for a tag. They have some rut hunts out there. I'd love to hunt South Dakota, North Dakota, something like that for, for a late season rut hunt. And they kill some really nice bucks, at least that buddy I'd met. Man, he had some great pictures of deer that him and his family had killed with a bow. And I, I like that Badlands country. You know, that's kind of like where I'm headed out. Eastern Montana is right on the edge of the Badlands. Um, so I love hunting that for mule deer. So I think that's another option too. But, um, you know, it's it's a great time to hunt mule deer I've just kind of got stuck in my ways hunting here in Montana during general rifle where I need to expand out a bit and, and hunt some of these different areas in different states during this late season. And, and then, you know, thinking about next year, really focus on my early season again. God, I just, that, that to me, I mean, late season's a great opportunity to kill a good buck, especially in a good unit. And, and that's a game, part of my game I need to focus on more. But that early season, man, that is just my time. I love being in that high country, pristine high country where you just gotta, you gotta hike so many miles in there and so much elevation. It's, it's super gnarly country and hunting those high country mule deer with my bow 
God, it reminds me of like sheep or goat hunting. You know, you're just way up as high as you can get. These muleys live in such rugged country and, and you're just miles back and you just have to work so hard for them. You're covering so many miles and you, you just push yourself to your limit hunting those things. And that's why I've really got hooked on, on hunting early season mule deer. Um, and, and that's why I train so hard and why I'm training now. I'm, I'm hoping next year I can draw... Um, I've got a good chance to draw this Colorado unit I really like, um, so I'm really hoping I can draw that. I mean, Colorado, 13,000, 14,000 foot peaks, um, and just pristine backcountry. It doesn't get any better than that, and they just build giant bucks. The last one I killed, um, let's see, was 2015. Yeah, this is 2016, 2015. Oh man, I just killed a giant out of there. He was 201, big deep fork buck. God dang it, what a buck! Um, yeah, it was a a dream to kill a buck that that big in there. I had hunted that spot and I've killed some nice bucks in there, and I've I've seen bucks that are even bigger than that. I mean, I've seen them 220, 230 in there, you know. But to to finally kill one of those huge, mind blowing, next level trophies out of there really felt good. And and I know they live in there, and I know different drainages they live in. And so, man, I'm ready to test myself and get back into that country. So hopefully, uh, Colorado fishing game gives me a tag there and lets me hunt that that. That early season in and through there and there's a bunch of good units in Colorado to hunt that early season um so yeah looking forward to that I, ho- I hope I draw that one and then I've also got a good chance at at drawing Nevada I- I'd love to hunt Nevada again I didn't get to hunt Nevada this year um gosh I think the last buck I harvested out of there was 2014 um hunted it 2015 and and uh my buddy got a nice deer out of there and god I just hunted this giant for the whole hunt I hunted him um man oh man he was super wide stickers really heavy god what a buck i mean he was real close to 200 inches and and uh god he's just living on the lee side wind uh the lee wind side of this ridge and i tried everything to try to kill that buck and i think i had three separate stocks on him i didn't have any misses on him but uh three separate stocks I just could not get it done on that buck, but I'd love to go back into those. I've found a few drainages and a spot that I really like there, and, and there's a couple different units that I've hunted. Um, another unit that I'd like to draw, uh, I killed a, a big one out of 205 out of there um, way back in 2007, so I'd love to draw that. Um, I haven't drawn a tag there since I killed that buck in 2007, so I'd love to hunt there as well, so I'm going to be putting in for those and and uh, just get on my tag game here after season gets over work on my training work on my tag game work on my research and and uh, just go after these public land trophies like I know how but uh, I I just absolutely love it I mean it's just what what drives me like it drives you guys it's just um, it's keep keep accruing this knowledge you know and I'm the same way you know I'm 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 listening to podcasts I'm reading articles I'm I'm doing my research I'm shooting my bow I'm running I'm you know I, I'm working on all this stuff just as you guys are just to be better and better and to um, like I say it's part of the part of the reason I love bow hunting and I love this sport we're in is that it, it's it's an ever-evolving cycle where you just never get to the you never get to a point where say I've learned everything I've learned you know and I I, I just I continue to learn every seasons and they and these animals just continue to humble me you know as they're as they're so good at surviving in their elements and and uh, 
I just I I love the challenge. I love the challenge of trying to get close and trying to put that perfect perfect arrow in that critter and and there's just no feeling like it. That feeling of accomplishment when you do accomplish your goals and you do harvest your your goal animal you're after and, and all that hard work pays off. Um, God, it just doesn't get any better for for me. I, it's just uh, it's what I live for. So um, I'm just gonna keep working at it here, and like I say, focus on my late season. I can't start looking too far ahead yet. I, um, but but work on my training, getting in my trail runs, and then spend my time hunting these muleys on the weekends. And I. I should probably, you know, I live in a pretty good drainage where it's general rifle season now. And so, you know, I should probably a couple of these evenings just go out. We've got really good genetics for mule deer here in my valley, but we don't have very good numbers of them anymore. Um, but, but, you know, we do have mule deer around here and I should be getting out, you know, every free evening I have around here too, just for night hunts, just, uh, to up, up my chances at killing a nice buck. So I've got a couple ideas of where I should be going in the evenings and, and, uh, it is hunting season. And so, you know, I can't be totally focused on runs and fitness. I just need to maintain right now and then spend all my free time I get. And if I've got a full free evening, you know, I need to, I need to be hunting. I need to be out there and, and, and you know, along with, with, you know, my responsibilities here around the house and making sure work's taken care of and all that. But, um, yeah, so I don't get ready for, um, get ready for a couple more weekends of rut and muleys. I can't wait. So I'm going to go that weekend of the 6th. And then if I don't fill out, I think I'll go the weekend of the 12th. And I haven't decided where I'm going. If I'm going to go to the mountains, if I'm going to go out east, I, you know, I may even go up to central Montana. I got some spots up there I'd like to check out. So I'm really not sure where I'm going. And then I think I've got one more weekend after that that's Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, I could eat Thanksgiving dinner with the family Thursday and then be out uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whatever, three-day weekend there for one last chance. So... Um, I'm just going to give it everything I got. I, uh, this bow is, bow is just dialed. Boy, it's shooting good. And I, you know, I, I shoot throughout the year, but you know, there's times when you're on a six day elk hunt or a 10 day mule deer hunt where I'm not shooting, but boy, it's just second nature right now. This thing is just dialed in that, um, every night the practice sessions are, are just unreal. So I really feel good about my bow work right now and my bow shot and my execution. So, uh, yeah, just work hard, see if I can't get a buck on the ground. So, um, well, you guys keep out there, keep hunting hard. Um, keep with me here. I'll, like I say, I, uh, podcast is really going great. I think, um, you know, a mix of having guests on and then doing these things solo, trying to share information and, and hopefully I didn't ramble too much tonight and cover too many different subjects, but, um, I think it's good. I just want to continue to get you guys out good information that'll help you guys improve, you know, in, in your evolution as a hunter. Um, and really want to focus on this public land as I think that's the majority of us guys, us average guys, we're hunting the public land everybody else is. And so, you know, not all tips and tactics are are pointed towards us public land guys. And, and not that I want to take anything away from hunting private or hunting guided or anything like that. You know, it's still a challenge to, to harvest these animals. But uh, harvesting on, on public land with, with the competition out there and then you know, with your bow or, or even with a rifle is a huge accomplishment, but we just have to work that much harder and have to learn that much more. And I think, I believe we have to be that much more skilled, um, as, as hunters. Uh, we need to be always gaining knowledge and, and, and always 
always working at, at being better and, and constantly evolving. So that's what this podcast is centered around is, is DIY hunting and, and DIY hunting majority on public lands. Uh, so it's just going to keep trying to get you guys the information. So, um, you know, every week going to try to sit down and get one done. So, so far, so good. I haven't let it go more than about eight or nine days. But if um, you guys don't be afraid to, to let me know what you think and let me know where I can improve and um, what you guys like, what you guys don't like. Um, gosh, uh, to leave a review on iTunes just really helps me out. I mean, I don't have many on there. You know, I just need to get this podcast to where, you know, I can, I can reach more guys. So, I mean, help me spread the word, you know, if you, if you like it and like what you're hearing, make sure to tell your buddies and then, you know, leave me a review on iTunes or reach out to me on Instagram. I, um, you know, I'll answer any questions on there. Yeah. People have asked me questions about gear and about shooting and about this or that. And I'm, I'm more than happy to answer any questions and pass on any knowledge I can um, to help you guys out to get better so um, you know if something you got a question or or something you know, reach out to me and and uh, and I'll get right back to you or you know if you like what you're hearing reach out to me and, and let me know that as well and and if you have improvements or ideas for the podcast you know I, I want it to be where we can we can all kind of shape this thing into what it is and and if uh um, you know, if you're a good public land hunter out there or you got a story to share, reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the podcast as well. So uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week and good hunting to you out there.